you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Hellman. hello everybody those of you watching on youtube may be wondering betsy why are you dressed so casually and why do you look like you've aged 15 years well guys i'm dressed so casually sweatshirt hair pulled up very little makeup which is the huge, but even less makeup than the huge. And yeah, first reason is because I am jetting off to Paris today. Today I am leaving for Paris because we've had a family sort of emergency over there. So I'm going very last minute with my husband. And the reason I look so old is because I do not sleep. I do not sleep. I toss and turn and toss and turn. And I'm only five months in. I mean, I remember it being like this when I was nine months in with my other ones, but I toss and turn at five months in. Uh, so that's the reason for all of that. But I would not leave you hanging, even though I will be leaving um, for the airport in less than two hours. And even though I have slept less than two hours, I am here to answer your design questions because I care about you just that much. I'm just that dedicated. So there we go. Uh, you guys have lots of great questions that have come in, but before I launch into that, I, last night when I could not sleep and was tossing and turning, had all these thoughts about what I would share in my opening banter with you guys, and I totally forgot it. Oh, I remember. I remember. So remember how I just told you I'm going to France for a family emergency? Well, it's not really family, but I consider it family. So, um... When I was in high school, my mom sent me to live with a host family in the south of France. And host family, don't exchange, you go over there. And I went to this host family and I was, I don't know, 16, 15. And I go over there and I don't know anyone. And I'm with this tour group initially. And then the tour group puts you on these little trains and you just get jetted off to the destination where your family will meet you all over the country. So the people that I was in the initial tour group with, I only went with a couple of them to where I was going, Valence, okay, which is in the south of France. About an, Well, Valence wasn't my ultimate destination, but where I was going is an hour from the Alps and an hour from the Mediterranean. So it's super hot and super mountainous. Okay. And it's a very remote village with 100 people and... 
about 80% of them are nearly 100 years old. So that kind of gives you a perspective about where I was going, even though I had no idea at the time. Like you're literally put on a train, jetted away. You don't know where you're going. You don't know who you're meeting. This was before, kind of before internet and kind of before, I don't know, <laughs> parents like cared about what their children were doing. I'm not sure because I would never send my 16-year-old on a random train to meet a random family I've never heard of to live with them for the entire summer, but that's just me. Okay. So I get on this train with a smattering of other kids, and then we're waiting at the train station in Valence for our family, quote unquote, to come pick us up. And everybody gets picked up except for me. And I am waiting there at the station, and I'm pretty brave. Like, I've been to sleepaway camp. This is not like going to get me down. I'm not homesick yet. But as the minutes and hours tick on and nobody comes to pick me up, I mean, I'm like quivering. I'm shaking. I'm really sad. And finally, when the mom shows up, she's not very nice. She's like, get in the car. When I get in the car, there's like three other girls in there. I'm just like, what is going on? And at this point, I'd taken French in junior high and high school. But it's one thing to take French in junior high and high school. And it's another thing to be in a car with a bunch of French people who don't speak any English. And they're going really fast. And they don't understand why you don't understand what they're saying. <laughs> because you're supposed to speak French. Okay. So I am so sad. We get to their house in the middle of nowhere, up in the hills, this ancient building built in the 1500s. They show me to my room, no air conditioning, no screens, mosquitoes everywhere on the top floor of this ancient building. And I just start bawling. Like as soon as they leave, as soon as they go back downstairs to their lives, I start bawling. I'm unpacking my stuff, just succumbing to my new reality. There's no cell phones, no way to reach out. I go downstairs and I finally get the drift that there's five daughters in this family and a mother and a father. And I fit right in the middle of the five daughters. And so anyway, it sounds very traumatic and it was. And for a while it took me um, some time to get acclimated. But very quickly, they really became quite warm and they sort of adopted me into their family. And then I went back the following two summers to stay with them again because it was such a wonderful experience. Ultimately, can you believe it? Can you believe my frown turned upside down that dramatically? And they truly became a part of my family. I've been to their weddings. They've been to my wedding. Um, they came over to visit. My kids take French because they feel like this is their family and they want to communicate with them. Well, anyway, you know that mother who pulled up and was kind of mean and whatever? Well, it turned out she was the nicest ever and she spoiled me rotten. And, you know, the kids had school, but I didn't have school. They would go to school till like July. So she would drive me to different bakeries and say, you're going to eat all of France. And there was a special section in the fridge just for my special food because she would buy me all these treats because I didn't know any of the French treats and her kids already did. So it was um, a really special connection with her. But the reason I'm bringing all this up, because you're like, who cares? Well, she's terminally ill, which is why I'm going over there, because I want to say goodbye and tell her how much she's meant to me. And of course, I've talked to her on WhatsApp and video, but you know, I want to 
say goodbye officially, um, which is making me really sad. Anyway, um, but, oh, oh, sorry, guys. I Not only do I have mommy brain, but that kind of took me away emotionally, uh, what I was just saying. So anyway, she's the one that I attribute with getting me into interior design because in the mornings, um, the other girls would wake up super early. Either they had school or they were just used to getting up early. And I loved to sleep in until 10 or 11. But I realized that when you sleep in and you live in a family with five sisters, all the good breakfast food is gone by the time you get downstairs. So I started setting an alarm. So I'd be the very first one to get up so I could have the very best pickings of the breakfast food because the dad would go to the bakery early in the morning every day, bring home a whole table filled with baked goods. And then, you know, you don't want to be the last one because not only did you get the dregs, you also had to clean up after everyone. So that was motivation enough. Okay. But I would be so lonely because I would be the first one down there just hanging out by myself. What am I supposed to do? No internet, no iPad, no phones at that time. But the mom had a stack of interior design magazines, French interior design magazines. And she lived in this 1500s house and she had it really decorated to the nines. She loved tchotchkes, loved accessories, tapestries, artwork, furniture. So on the weekends, we would go shopping at La Brocante and pick out all these antiques. And I would stick to like 1970s stuff and buy old French road signs and advertisements and French school posters. And then the dad would package all of this up in a huge crate for me and I would mail it home to the United States so I didn't have to lug it on the plane when I left at the end of the summer. Anyway, I attribute her, as you may have read it in the back of my book, with really starting my love of design because I must have stained a lot of her magazines with my Nutella fingers, but she was so generous to kind of indulge my enjoyment of her hobby and we had so much fun together. And um, I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss a lot of things. So anyway, when you think back to your love of interior design, where did it start? Uh, you know, at that time, I had no aspirations to be an interior designer. And even after I left, I never really thought about it besides looking at um, interior design magazines here. And then my mom, my French mom, would mail me the Art Deco uh, magazines from France because those were the best ones, by the way. Uh, and so I had a hobby or passion, but I never really thought about turning it into a career. But when I look back, the seed was really planted at that time because my own mom, my biological mom, who I lived with, hated furniture. And we had very minimal furniture throughout the house. The minute I left for college, she got rid of the dining table. She got rid of the sofa. Like she just did not like furniture. And it was such a contrast to my French mother who had everything full, everything. In fact, whenever she would bring home a new car full of things from the Rocant, her husband would be like, oh my gosh, Sylvie, where are we going to put it? So they built a little house across from their house. Uh, they called it the guest house because they had a ton of guests and then she started filling that. So anyway, um, that's my story. All right. Just feeling nostalgic before I head off. And tomorrow, 
I, well, you know, I'm going to take the red eye. So I'm going to arrive tomorrow and I'm going to take that same train that I took to Valence and get off at the same train station where I got off before. And I hope, I hope the French sister remembers to pick me up on time, please. (laughs) Okay, there we go. So now let's get into your questions because a lot of them have come in. So I'm excited to dive right into our mailbox. The first question comes from Georgia and Leslie is writing in. She writes, hi, Betsy. I love your podcast and I'm a longtime listener. I've submitted a picture of my kitchen keeping room. (laughs) Kitchen slash keeping room, excuse me. It's narrow and doesn't get a lot of natural light. I am redoing cabinetry countertops and paint. I was also thinking about accessible beige cabinets, aesthetic white walls, and white quartz with beige veining. I also included a picture of the tile I was thinking about. Thoughts? Do you have any other suggestions on how to lighten up the space? Pendant ideas, different paint colors, sconces, etc. I want this to be warm and inviting while still being light and airy. You are so talented and your advice would be very much appreciated. Thank you, Betsy. Thank you, Leslie. It's always nice before I answer your question to get a multitude of compliments. So I really appreciate that. All right. So yes, you sent in some wonderful pictures. The first picture that you sent in is of that tile that you referenced for the backsplash. And it's a square tile that's got a rustic finish. It looks hand-hewn and hand-glazed. Some of the tiles look more white and off-white. Some of them are even dark enough to be considered beige. They have a sort of mottled surface so that it's not just a flat color, but it's got some patina to it. Uh, And then looking at your other pictures, you know, you've got this really open kitchen space. And I'm excited for what you mentioned in terms of the beige cabinetry, the veining on top, etc. So I think that that is a really nice touch. I think part of the reason it's feeling so dark is because you do have dark wood floors, which I wouldn't want you to change, but also you don't have a lot of natural light. And I think a big part of that is because the shades are down. And also you seem to have a eucalyptus type wreath hanging over the kitchen window which I think isn't helping with the illumination. So I would remove the wreath, maybe pull the shades up a bit if you don't need it for privacy. And um, in terms of augmenting the light, I think I'm seeing the finished product here. I think so, or I'm not sure. But um, if you wanted to make this space a little bit lighter and brighter, you could always add a mirror opposite that window. So you have kind of this... cart, kitchen cart slash butcher block cart that's opposite the window. And if you put a mirror above that, it would not only reflect the natural light from the window, it would also reflect the light from the pendants above the peninsula. I think that could be a really nice choice. Um, And the longer the mirror on that wall, because you do have a relatively long wall, the more it might reflect light from even the adjacent open living room. So I think that could be quite interesting. The other thing I might consider is swapping out the wooden stools. The wooden stools with the wooden floor, with the beige cabinets, I think are starting to feel a little bit too brown. I might do something in like an ivory leather just to make it pop a little bit or even a color because I'm really drawn to all the beautiful colors and the huge floral artwork in your adjacent sitting room. 
I guess that's what you're calling the keeping room. I love it. In the adjacent keeping room. So if you could pull one of those colors, say the teal or even the green that you've already popped in the pillows and use them for upholstered stools, I think it would really add to the space because right now you have this colorful half of the room and then you have this sort of brown half of the room. Now let's talk about your tile selection. It's, well, I'll get into that later. Okay, let's talk about your tile selection. Um, so for your tiles, I think based on what I'm seeing in the space, they might be too rustic for the space. They are very rustic looking, which would be perfect if that was the style you were going for. Or even if you were going for something, you know, just a little bit more boho where there's a little bit more um, rough edges and things like this. But it doesn't appear that that's the style you're going for in this space. So for me, it looks a little bit out of place because they are so imperfect and so, well, I just didn't want to use this word again, but I will, rustic. Uh, I would really suggest that you go in a different direction. If you don't want to do the stools in a color, it might be fun to bring a little color to this backsplash. You know, the backsplash is the one place that I think that you can kind of make a statement or a trendier kind of moment with tile. I wouldn't suggest that for the floor, for a bathroom, where it's really a large commitment and it's hard to swap it out. But for something like a backsplash, you need so little of it that it can be worth the splurge and the investment to do something rather bold. And, you know, since you're worried about getting dark over here, I would avoid anything navy or black or, you know, even dark in terms of a neutral. And instead, I might go for that beautiful sage green or something like that that also has a hint of warmth to it because we know that green has a little bit of yellow with it. Uh, so that's my suggestion. The other thing I'm seeing as an opportunity for color or brightness would be the rug in your kitchen because right now it's like this woven matte style rug that's in a light beige. And again, it's just contributing to the issue, in my opinion, where there's neutrals on one side exclusively and color exclusively on the other side. And these two spaces are not really feeling cohesive, not feeling like one because of that stark dichotomy. All right, there you go, Leslie. I hope that answered all your questions and I hope it's helped with your next selections. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and the Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. 
And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. My next question comes from Georgia again. And this one is from Bailey. Bailey writes, hi, Betsy. I hope all is well. We recently moved to a traditional brick home in Southern Georgia and are slowly making each space more our style. Please help with our kitchen. My words are curated traditional, and I'm hoping to work within a $3,000 budget. You'll see some pictures of our kitchen. It's brown. My main question is how to dress the big window to make it a focal point. Any other suggestions about rugs and lighting would be appreciated. I just bought polished nickel cabinet hardware. There is also a picture of the rug in the disconnected living room. I included it to avoid the Skittles effect. The light blue color is the main color in the formal dining room now, and I'm going to be using it as an office and playroom. We came from Arizona, so it's more suited for the Southwest, but it's fairly new and I just don't want to ditch it yet. Do with the space what you want. Thank you, Betsy. It needs help and I'm just not sure where to start. Well, I love that you've sent in pictures because that's always a big help. So for those of you not watching along on YouTube, let me describe it to you. Bailey's Kitchen is brown. It is brown. I agree with you. So it's got mid-tone wood floors that have a very conspicuous wood grain, which I actually like. I think it gives a lot of character and drama to the space. But then the cabinets are the same wood tone, that mid-tone wood, but they are um, not as varied with the wood grain. And their wood grain is more subtle. Then you have a lot of bronze light fixtures. Currently, you have bronze handles on the cabinetry. You have a bronze pendant light above the kitchen. And then above the dining area that it's adjacent to, you have a bronze chandelier. You have a beautiful window that's arched that's in the um, dining area. But really, there's no natural light in the kitchen area, which I think is also contributing to the fact that this feels very cavey and dark. So yes, I do think that there's a lot of opportunity to make this space more interesting and more dynamic and to really embrace that window. Okay, so I do see the rug that you're bringing with you and it is very Southwest. It has like the geometric pattern with the diamonds repeated. It has, um, you know, some checks. It has a lot of different colors, including burnt orange, like a faded denim, a kind of dusty teal. Um, yeah. And then a cream with fringe on the outside. And I really love this rug. You know, you may think because you're coming from Arizona that it screams Southwest, but to me, it's really more, um, it can be used in lots of different applications, which is what I'm trying to say. However, However, I do not think that it aligns with your words curated traditional. I don't even think that the space aligns with your words curated traditional. When you're talking about traditional, you are talking about a lot of decorative molding, 
right? Which you do not have. You don't even have crown molding in this space, which for me is totally fine. But I'm just telling you that I don't think that this, well, I know, it's not think, I know that this space is not traditional. Your cabinets are not traditional. They do have an inset framing with an arch at the top, which does lend itself to something that's not contemporary, right? So I would call it transitional for sure. Um, but you have standard baseboards, like there's nothing really truly ornate or decorative or kind of over the top in terms of its decorative features that really for me connotes traditional. And when I'm looking at your furniture, your furniture is really not traditional. In fact, your furniture, you know, having these simple shaker back chairs that have much cleaner lines than I typically see with you than transitional, these kind of lend themselves towards mid-century modern. And then you have a cabinet in the corner that looks like a bar cabinet. And it's kind of in the style of crate and barrel. I mean, very linear, maybe with some mild detailing, but nothing too fancy, right? And traditional feels a little fancy. And that's not what I'm getting here. You are definitely not curated traditional right now. That rug that you're bringing in could be boho, could be international, could be Southwest, certainly. It could go in several different directions. Certainly eclectic would work well with that rug, but it is not traditional. So the items that you're currently working with, including the architecture, including the rug, none of that is saying traditional. Additionally, I don't typically think of polished nickel as traditional. Now, there are certain applications where that can be proven wrong, but typically traditional is like a brass or gold metals, that warm metal finish. Yeah, this is not traditional. Okay. I think you need to get a lot of clarity around your two-word phrase. That being said, I can still help you dress this window. When you have an arched window, the best thing to do is to put a rod over the top of the arch. So you're going to need really long drapes because you're going to put a straight rod over the top of the arch, extending past either side of the window, and then do two panels that go all the way to the floor from the top of the rod. And the panel should just cover the window frame, but should then go out further, you know, at least eight to 12 inches past the window, in my opinion. So you'll hang that bracket eight to 12 inches out past the widest point of the window frame. So that way it really enlarges this window and makes it feel much more grand than it currently feels. Now these drapes, unless you do them double wide, which would be a lot of fabric, would not actually be something that you would draw. They would be purely decorative, adding color, pattern, texture, and really emphasizing the gorgeous height in this dining area slash kitchen. But you would just leave those drapes hanging to the side all the time. And when you do want that privacy, you would close the blinds that are already on the window. That's my opinion there. And it really doesn't matter what style you're going for. That approach to this window is going to work beautifully. Then you're going to want to pull a color from your inspiration piece. And that very well could be the rug in this scenario because it's so multicolored. And use that for the drapes. 
And there you go. That'll solve some of the problems. And if you're gonna do polish nickel on the cabinet hardware, I really want you to reconsider those light fixtures that are dangling down from the ceiling because they are gonna be incongruous. So you have a lot of thoughts here, Bailey, a lot of thoughts to think through and get clarity on before you make these changes, okay? Because I'm also seeing that the door handles are bronze as well as the hinges. So do you wanna reinvent the wheel? And if so, you need to have a lot of clarity on where you're driving. Get it? Wheel driving? Okay, whatever. Uh, I'm already jet lagged and I haven't even left, people. Well, thank you so much for being back with me again this week. I can't wait to talk to you next week. And until then, bye. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Katherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.